Welcome to Running Is Bullshit. I'm Amy. And I'm Stuart. And you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. This is episode number 50. Hooray! But technically, well, technically it's only uh, episode 49 for you, Amy, so you can't really yay that. Oh, okay. Oh, yay next week. Yeah, it'll be well done. Yeah, okay. Um, Coming up on this super special show, uh, it's basically the same as all of them. Uh, We'll be talking about blisters. We've got three mini guest spots instead of the one. And we'll go over gender inequality again. And we have a brand new Ultra Runners theme song. But first, we start as we always do. Amy, what's your bullshit been? Uh, I ran a marathon. Oh, just that? Yeah, I walked ran did i mention this on the last podcast about that you i was gonna, gonna do, do this yeah yeah i did do it you know what it's one of these rare occasions where i say i'm gonna do something and then i actually do it i think that's because it was short term yeah and also <laughs> yeah short term goal but also somebody else was relying on me so i sort of that pushed me to do it if it was just me doing it um I had more time to think about it. I probably wouldn't have done it. Uh, but yeah, I ran with friend of the podcast, Liz Reese, Who we'll be hearing from a bit later on. Yes. Yeah. About her experience um, doing the marathon. She basically, she couldn't run with her usual running partner because of the lockdown rules in Cardiff. And her running partner, Ruth, is in a different county. Um, so she was asking for people to run with her, you know, just, just sections of the uh, the run, just to keep her company. And I, you know, in my in my wisdom said, oh, I'll just run the whole thing with you. I'll just do the whole thing. You know, okay, what could it be? Yeah, just, just for shiggles. Um, I mean, to be fair, we were sort of, uh, Liz, I think Liz walked it. Yeah, so we, we walked the first half and I, I ran the second. But it was so tough, mainly because of the time on feet. I think... In total, it was just over seven hours that we were on our feet for. Yeah. So we split the day up. The first 13 miles, um, we walked around Cardiff and then uh, came back, had sort of an hour and a half to like go home, have something to eat, get warmed up because it was pissing it down with rain as well. It, I was soaked. I have this waterproof jacket that cost me like 100 quid. It's not that waterproof, you know? Like There are yeah. limits to the waterproofness of this jacket. So I was soaked. So I got home blow dried my jacket uh, had something to eat and then I went back out and actually that was quite nice because that could have been awful you know what I mean like getting sitting down getting warm getting comfy and going back out but it was quite a relief and then I thought you know what I'll just run a half marathon yeah, fuck <laughs> you it. know I haven't really been doing the mileage to run a half marathon but um I thought yeah, you were building just, up your mileage I am but and I have been more consistent, which is why I'm not terribly injured now. <laughs> so it was okay. I think it was more... If I'd just gone out and run a half marathon that day, I probably could have done it. It was more because I'd been on my feet for like... I think it was like five hours walking. Hmm. And my feet were killing me. Like, oh, it, it felt a bit like doing the, the Vogue and doing the Ultra just because of the time on feet was so much. It was just really, really intense. And like I said, the weather is crap. But I ran the final half and I did it. So, hey, not that hard. Don't know what everyone's moaning about. <laughs> only took you seven hours. Yeah, only took seven hours. Uh, oh, but for like, for like the week afterwards, I was knackered. I was so tired. Again, I think it was just all the time on feet because it was similar to like how I felt after the ultra, just feeling absolutely knackered for days after. So, but other than that, it was good. There was loads of people out sort of from our club coming in and supporting us and stuff which was really nice so that made it a bit made the day go a bit quicker and stuff like that so yeah it was all right and it was uh, i thought the this whole virtual london marathon thing was a really good idea Mm. because i saw loads of we saw loads of other people out with their uh, numbers um on and stuff and everyone was cheering each other and it was a really nice sort of community feel 
And I thought, you know, 20 quid for a virtual marathon that loads of other people are doing on the same day and a medal and a t-shirt. I didn't think that was too bad. So I know we've like poo-pooed virtual races. But, um, sorry, the dog's pissing on the floor. Uh, I know we've like poo-pooed <laughs> virtual races in the past. But there was a really nice feel about it. And I think it's because everyone was doing it on the same day. You know, a lot of these virtual races, it's like, oh, just run it when you want and we'll send you a medal. But this was quite nice. And because it's such a well-known race, it could get that like um, critical mass of people in that we saw probably about 10 people Mm. wearing uh, numbers and stuff. So it was like a really nice community feel to it as well, which was nice. Yeah, I think what we've said about virtual runs and races, it's all about the value they can add. And I think in this, because everyone knew it was London Marathon Day and every runner out there knew if they saw someone with a number, they would cheer them on and they'd know what they're out there for, which may... I don't think any other virtual race could ever achieve that. And so that kind of really transcends other races. So yeah, actually, probably a really good idea. And other than your ultra, is that your first marathon distance? Yeah, and my uh, my first sort of distance like that on road, which I think oh. made it particularly, which I think made it particularly tough um, in terms of uh, how much my feet were hurting. Because I've always said I don't really want to do a marathon on road in particular. Um, yeah, so I'd always said that I didn't want to do a marathon on road because I, I don't see the appeal of it. But splitting up over the day helped a bit as well. So. Yeah, first marathon I've done, first time I've run that distance on road. What? Not bad. Well done. Not bad. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Sometimes I do things. <laughs> Sometimes you do things. Yeah, if, if they're not planned and there's no long-term commitment, you're all over no. it. No. If I just make a silly decision overnight, just do something three days out from it. <laughs> Best way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and we very rarely, we actually met in person this morning as well. We did. We didn't run. But we, no. Well, you ran, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was Finley's birthday party. Oh, happy birthday, oh. Finley. I know, yeah. He had a, such a good day. I think Pippin, his sister, had an even better day. You can probably hear them in the background squeaking their toys right now. Cause I think just, there's going to be a lot of background noise today. Oh, they've, they've been asleep for hours, and they've just decided to wake up and start being dickheads right now. And they <laughs> should still be asleep, because they had such a crazy day. Freya's just rushing Finley out the door, and, you know, like the BBC dad style, and, like shoving him into the corridor. What, your nanny taking him out? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the dog nanny. Um, but yeah, they had a whale of time. Pippin was going crazy. She was loving life. Yeah, we had seven dogs down at some fields, just her. But we, it was about two hours we were down there as well. They were just all playing yeah. and chasing around each other. And we were just like, picking up random dogs on the way as well, which was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And it was good because... Um, we managed to keep it within the COVID rules as well because yeah. it was exercise. Well, so we we could have had up to 30 people there, but it was nowhere near that that many on the day. And it was just like nice to actually meet with people and be outside and mm. doing just something. Just watch the dogs. That's mostly just what yeah. we did. Just watch yeah, the dogs exactly. and laugh at them. Exactly. So before, but before anyone comes to us saying, why were you meeting up with people? It was all, it was within the COVID guidelines, the Welsh COVID guidelines. So don't you worry about that. Yeah, Amy <laughs> read the legislation all the way through beforehand. So there's no, nothing to worry about. I did on the Facebook uh, event thing, I did put some rules in place. I felt very like official saying, you must not do this and you must do this. <laughs> well done, Amy. We appreciated that. And I, I think that should be a regular thing we should do. Big dog meetup. Oh, Definitely, definitely. If any of our listeners are in the Cardiff area as well and have dogs. Oh, I don't, yeah. no, I don't say that. There could be some weirdos. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> There's already weirdos there. I am the weirdo there. 
<laughs> we'll do we'll do big dog meet up big dog it was like a gang though wasn't it it, it was, was like a, a bit yeah pack. when we like came around the corner you see some other dog owners like oh god here we go yeah <laughs> massive pack of dogs like all different sizes and breeds and like a motley crew <laughs> it was good fun yeah definitely what have you been up to then Stuart? um well my kind of running and walking has been a bit mixed and well i've been off work this week um actually on monday first time in a long time i did like a 12 hour day at work and it's the first time in about three months i've not even left the house because i was just really really busy but then I've, since then i've been off work and in the five days since then i've run and walked 53 miles and i'm just fucking knackered now because it's just mm. like so much dog walking he's like right i'm taking time off work i'm gonna make the most of it i'm not one for taking time off work and relaxing because i think well mm. i've just been sitting on my ass all day anyway then i sit on my ass at home in the evening if I'm taking time off work, I'm going to do shit. So because we're in Cardiff, uh, we're not allowed to leave Cardiff, apart from for essential reasons. I've been really exploring as much as possible. I know I've said this loads of times, but I really want people to go and explore the local areas, try out all those paths and trails that they haven't kind of thought of, or they've walked past and, and looked at and kind of thought, oh, I wonder where that goes. Because I love doing that. I love maps and I love kind of planning out routes and things. So I've been taking a lot of those routes and just exploring as much as I can, kind of covering as much as Cardiff as possible. That's kind of my aim now. It's not so much city strides anymore. I'm kind of more aiming, if I can run every single trail, you know, close within a few miles of my house, I'll be really happy. If I can know every single little kind of random route and path, that will make me very, very pleased for some reason. There's places in Cardiff that I've never been to before, like the Nishram Reservoir today. Mm. I've Well, I, I've hardly been to North Cardiff at all because I live down in South Cardiff. So there's so many lovely places. And I see on people's um, like Instagram and Strava where they've been running in Cardiff. And I'm like, what? That looks like the middle of nowhere. That looks amazing. So- yeah, so many of the photos. There's basically countryside. Yeah, it's just open fields and woods around a lot of Cardiff that I found. I was, I've just been taking photos and stick them on Twitter to say, oh, lovely day in the city of Cardiff and just like this open, mm. beautiful field. So yeah, that's, that's what I've been up to. And I've been very much enjoying that, though I am a bit tired. I think this is actually... Running and walking combined, it's Saturday, and this is the most I've ever done in a week, and I've still got tomorrow to go, and William's still got, like, three walks to go tomorrow, so. <sighs> yeah, William needs a lot of walking, I always see you out walking him on, he's, like, he's never He's never tired, he's, he's two modes, are walking and ready to walk, and that's it. Yeah, he's never that sounds tired. like Pippin. We we don't indulge it, but that sounds like Pippin. Yeah. Pippin gets her like two walks a day, and that's a lot usually. But she could walk more than that, you know. It's only because she's a puppy as well that we don't walk her too much. But yeah. Yep. And up first, we've got the first of three interviews from virtual London marathoners. Uh, we do, however, need to issue an apology in advance. Look, I did everything I could with the edit, but there is a pretty serious issue throughout the whole recording. And that's just the sheer enthusiasm and passion for running that Peter has. Uh, it's not in line with our values and we don't endorse it anyway. And we're very, very sorry. But here he is anyway. Peter Gillibrand completed the virtual London marathon dressed as a star. And it must be said, did very well on social media. Uh, so Peter, welcome to the podcast. How was your virtual marathon experience? Oh, thank you very much for having me. Um, yeah, I, I think... It was fantastic. Um, like a lot of runners, uh, you've probably heard it was very disappointing. Um, I remember back in March when it was uh, called off, and then there was a sort of roller coaster of uh, of emotions. I know that's very cheesy, but that's how it felt like, especially with marathon um, marathon training. You know, you've got to put your body, you've got to commit to it. Um, and so I think doing this, it just 
it was fantastic. I was out in Cardiff. I saw everyone smiling, um, you know, enjoying from, uh, say, CDF runners and various different clubs, um, including my own good gym, who fantastically came to came to uh, support me um, throughout the day. Um, and it was just waking up in the. You saw the rain. I I, I, I walked out my door. I saw the rain, and I was not too keen um, at all. But then once I got going, you kind of realise why you're doing it. And for me, it was for charity. It was for the Amazing Men Cup, who were charity of the year. They missed out a lot this year um, because it was called off and you generally get more attention on the charity if you know it's in the day, you've got the TV cameras there, everybody sort of sees that logo. Um, and I think that was the main point for me. Um, you know, I did it dressed as a star. Um, in April, I was going to go for a world record. I wasn't ready this time round but when I do get allocated my space again I will be going for that world record but I did it in the star um never trained in the star before uh, so I was really scared about you know you'd shaping. never you'd uh, never run in the star before the marathon I did 5k but I wouldn't call that <laughs> running because uh, I don't think one 5k run is enough to say I trained in the star um it was kind of a I was with my running club and um, good gym. So we um, around Cardiff, we go and help out in the community and we run things. So it was just, it was on Christmas as well, to be fair. I was like, uh, not on Christmas, but one of the Christmas runs. And I, um, I was in the star costume and, uh, you know, people were just looking at me in the dark haze of, you know, the winter time, like, yeah. well, what is going on here? Um, but luckily with the London Marathon, people knew exactly what was going on. You know, I had the running numbers, one in the front, one in the back. Um, I painted on the back in the evening, Marathon for Men Cap. I had so many uh, horns going, I just got so excited. Um, I think that's just the spirit of running, really. It was horrible, um, horrible, damp, wet. Um, but I did have new socks, which for any runner out there, I think they know the excitement of buying a £12 pair of socks and sort of being like, I'm never doing that again, but I've got a new pair of socks. I love a um, new pair of socks, yeah. Oh, I know. Um, so yeah, I just went out there and I think it, yeah, it shows what running's really about, to be honest. I'm very philosophical with my running. I use it a lot uh, to think a lot and um, it's very much the community that made it for me, I think. Obviously, I did, uh, luckily, um, and thank, thank you to everyone who donated, uh, I raised over £4,000 um, nice. uh, with Gift Aid and... It, it, that was one aspect of it for me. The second was the journey there, as I mentioned. But the third aspect was just showing what the running community can do in their time of need. And this might be cheesy. And some people have kind of looked at me in work and be like, you're off your head a bit. But for me, running is about community. It's about being with people, um, even though on the long runs, you're usually on your own. But it's about that, you know, you're running on the say the uh, the trails of Cardiff, and you see someone, you wave, and they wave, they smile back, mm -hmm. um, and and yeah, and I, I posted on the Cardiff Park Run, obviously one of the best, uh, arguably one of the best park runs in the whole world, uh, definitely in the whole of the UK. Uh, we got a few records there, and you know I posted on the group just thinking, oh, I'm doing this, please. I was a bit embarrassed, if that makes sense, about wearing mm -hmm. the costume because I know people know people run marathons in costumes, but I was just really. And I'm not an embarrassed person generally, but I just wanted people to know what I was doing and why. And the feedback I got was amazing. People were like, oh, I wanted to see you. And you even had the um, sort of the elite um, elite people with the Welsh athletics vests going, oh, it's, um, I saw your post. And yeah, just smiling. And despite the pandemic, despite the wind, despite the rain, 
even though I was sick uh, with a an infection afterwards, uh, and the doctor said that was because of the wind and rain, yeah. um, you know, we we got through it, and you know, forty five thousand. I don't know how many finished, but we all did it. We all started together. Elliot Kipchoge said this before. Um, uh, he said, you know, we'll all start together. We'll all finish together and we will all be these amazing, this amazing collection of people who, despite the pandemic, despite wind, despite rain, have just come together and done the race, done the most iconic race um, in the in the history of Britain, probably in the history of the world, I'd, I'd argue. Um, it wasn't the same. I've done it before in 2016, but, you know, it'll, it's, it's probably arguably one of my best because it was so unconventional Hmm. um i don't want to use the word unprecedented there because i've heard that way too much um but yeah unconventional it was you know i i through the pandemic went through this whole phase of i'm not signing up for a virtual challenge i did miles for mine for runner which Hmm. was fantastic because i guess that's not sort of a virtual race that's more of a doing it for mind the charity i didn't want to do you know virtual marathons i i I didn't see the point. I know a lot of people have done them and I do get it, but I didn't want to do it. But this one just felt completely different. You saw, I saw hundreds of people up and down Cardiff and people on Twitter, like saying it was my first marathon. Um, I, um, I'm lucky to work for a company called Global who do radio stations like Heart, Capital, LBC. Um, and I got to interview this amazing person named Michael Bainon. He's from um, over in Carmarthenshire way. Uh, so that's in, in, in West Wales. Um, and you know he's got Down syndrome and he is now because of this virtual race um, I can't wait to see him in person and run with him now um, because I'm actually quite friendly and it's it's a great relationship Um, you know I'm going to go over to Armandford to run with him hopefully and his mum's really nice and she wished me she said thank you for getting his story out but he's now the first Welsh um, learning disabled person to run the London Marathon Um, and you know he was so so inspirational because you know the reason I run for Mencap sorry to go on but I'm just so passionate about this we have a team um, of about uh, 20 30 learning disabled runners and they ran it on the London Marathon to show to prove to people that they can run a marathon there's this weird preconception that people with learning disabilities can't run a marathon and they just proved them wrong and just the pictures at the end are oh, it was one of the best days um uh ever <laughs> well we can tell you're a proper radio professional because i didn't really need to ask you any questions there you got it all out you got all your key points in straight away um at the risk of being you know very off-brand and too, far too positive i think we're going to bring it to an end there but you did just mention before uh, we recorded that you didn't get to interview elliot kipchoge as well uh, yeah, so I um, this is my first job in in radio. I'm really happy uh, to be a part of the Welsh news team um, for Heart Capital LBC. Um, but yeah, I was lucky enough because I'm I love athletics. Um, I, I really want to go into sort of athletics journalism, not as my main um, specialism, but I definitely. I'm passionate enough, you know, I'd, I'd love to be at the end of the London Marathon one day, you know, with a microphone. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe one day I will do that. Um, but yeah, I was lucky enough with a, um, a, a lovely colleague of mine called David. We coordinated the national um, London Marathon coverage. And obviously we knew it was going to be very different this year. Um, but yeah, I was so lucky to ask a question to one of my heroes. I know a lot of my friends are like, why is he your hero? Um, but Elliot Kipchoge, um, he 
is so inspirational to me. Every marathon I run, I listen to his words um, on the Saturday, usually night. Um, you know, no human is limited. Um, I know that is cheesy, but I, I firmly believe that if you set your mind to something, you will do it. And, you know, I, I, I got called up um, by James Thee, who's the head of th uh, athletics at uh, Cardiff Metropolitan University. Um, and, you know, he said, Peter Gillibrand from, uh, from Global. Um, and I just couldn't believe it. I was asking a question to Elliot Kipchoge, but also to Ken Anisa Bekele, who's an amazing runner in his own right. It's just Elliot's one of my heroes and you know I asked them you know just about the crowds and and um and yeah they they were so inspirational and I also got to interview Paula Radcliffe um who is one of my long long time heroes um she just yeah it, I asked her just all about the marathon and and yeah she she was so inspirational and um yeah, I'd love to go on a run with her, to be honest, but she'd probably be way faster than me. She'd, she'd be way faster than me. And I'll tell you the truth, actually, about the London Marathon, um, separately from the... Uh, from the um, uh, two things, just to finish, actually. I did it in five hours, 11 minutes, um, and that is actually faster than some of my times um, doing a, a normal marathon. And I was wearing this giant costume in the wind, and I was basically a kite. Um, but also a massive shout-out while I'm here to my friend Grace, so Grace is um, my friend from uni. Uh, we went to Exeter together. She said she was going to do half a marathon with me. And half a marathon, as we know, is still a very, very hard challenge, especially if you haven't trained that much. And Grace told me, I've only done up to 15 miles before. So I was like, all right, well, we'll do the first half uh, and then you can go home and shower and we'll, we'll have a pint at the end. But she managed to fi finish. In the end, she did the full 26.2 miles. And I, if that doesn't show you what humans can do, I, I don't know what will, because her just endurance, her endeavour to, to, to just do the full race, and she didn't get a London Marathon medal, and I was really sad about that. Um, I, I tried to tweet London Marathon, see if they had any spares, but uh, they, uh, they, well, they didn't reply. But um, I got her, um, her, her own medal. Uh, I got it engraved down in Cardiff, uh, city centre, uh, got it engraved, you know, Grace's first marathon, 2020. Um, gave her one, because we had two running numbers, I gave her one of my own running numbers. Um, and yeah, she's, um, yeah, um, a massive shout out to Good Jim, who, who ran all the way with me as well. Uh, I don't think I would have done it without them. It was one of the hardest challenges of my life. Well, thank you very much, Peter. That was uh, fantastic. Um, thank you so much for giving us all of that. And hopefully we can uh, see each other and run, to run together soon. Yeah, definitely. Anytime. Uh, always about social running and uh, uh, good for mental and physical health, you know. Cool. Thank you very much. And there was Peter. And I've got to say, he is so good, Jim. As soon as he said he was with good Jim, I was like, yep, yep. That sounds exactly right. They're, they're like that, aren't they? Nice. You know oh, what I mean? yeah. They're, they're just nice people. They go, oh, and, I, they go and like talk to elderly people who are lonely and pick litter up. And, I know. It you makes know? you sick, doesn't it? Yeah. What? Just go home, sit at home and have a biscuit. <laughs> And we've had a review. Hooray. Yay. You like those. Uh, please go to iTunes and give us a review. It helps us out somehow. Um, the title here is, if you like running in tea, you'll love this podcast. And <laughs> Caroline99UK has said, I never expected a running podcast would inspire me to spend so much money on tea, which is, again, a perfect review for us, I think. Uh, yeah. And I do think we should have a sponsorship by Bird and Blend. Come on. We drop their name so many times. And I know that one of our listeners has been into the, the shopping Cardiff and mentioned us. And they were like, who? <laughs> well, the thing is, we're doing it for free. So why would they? Yeah. We well, need to start yeah, shitting true. on them and then get money from them. Yeah. Basically, start we need to go mafia style out. on them. 
Oh, it'd be yeah, a shame if someone were to uh, diss your tea on the podcast. Say, <laughs> so, oh, I did enjoy it, but it's gone a bit shit lately. <laughs> yeah, that'd, that'd be a terrible shame if this were to get out to uh, yeah. a low four-figure audience. Oh, you'll be in trouble. Speaking of a certain tea company, I have had an order recently. Excellent. Liz uh, was kind enough to send me um, a voucher to say thank you for uh, running the marathon with her. Not that she needs to say thank you. I was just, I just wanted the content, really. That's reward yeah. enough. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's no need for, for thank yous, but I was very appreciative of it. So I've done, a, I've done an order. I arrived. So I'll let all the listeners know because I know you're on Tenderhooks wanting to know what I've ordered. So first off, the old favourite, bonfire toffee. Oh, I've got a bit of that, yeah. Oh, that is... Well, I have it all year round, but there's something about it in autumn. Because it's an autumn tea, but oh, there's yeah. something about it in autumn and winter. So it's a very smoky... It's a black tea, very smoky, but obviously um, a bit of sweetness to it. What I'm drinking at the moment is uh, violet cream, which is like Parma violets. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good. Freya thinks it's too sweet, but I think it's, it's just right. I like the sweet ones. I like the pla- black tea with the sweetness. It's sort yeah. of balances it and i've got which i haven't tried yet i've got spiced pumpkin pie because girls is pumpkin spice season <laughs> don't <laughs> that do felt that so weird doing that. <laughs> i could see how uncomfortable you were as soon as you said girl girls pumpkin spice season uh yeah so i've got that which i like i kind of like um like aromatic spicy teas so i'm looking forward to that as well so that's my uh <coughs> burden <coughs> blend order so, yeah, that's my tea update. Nice. Well, my tea update, I've just got a Wittard's order, which I know is a bit, you kind of, your obvious high street fancy tea. But they've, I know, uh, but they've got a bit, frankly, they've got a better uh, selection of chai teas, which is what I was after. I do have some dark chocolate chili chai from Bird and Blend, uh, but it's got way too much chili for me. The balance is way off. So what I have, what I have right now is some masala chai, which I'm drinking with condensed milk, which makes it really kind of thick and super, super sweet, which is amazing. Uh, I've also got some ginger snap oolong chai, which is very fancy and a bit gingery. I love a bit of ginger. And I've just got some loose English breakfast tea as well, because that's a nice one. I can just blend in with other things if I want to add a bit more tea to um, my tea. I find Wittards are good for that, for you, like your basic stuff in a, in a way, like whether only yeah. blending like a few different ingredients, you know, like mm-hmm. bird and blend. If you want a more complex tea. But if you just want, you know, like a green tea with some, I don't know, bloody raspberries in or whatever, Wittards is where to go. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And people have been enjoying the Running is Bullshit playlist. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I went for a full run with it. Uh, and I've listened to it all. I've pretty listened to it all a couple of times. Actually, I did a 300 meter rep session listening to it. And that was really handy because there's loads of kind of really kind of upbeat kind of rock and punk music in there that I would never, ever listen to. Uh, usually but it was great for that kind of session Uh, I think the one that stood out for me was Brilliant by Shinedown again just the type of song I would never ever have listened to I don't even know what genre it is because I don't know anything about music Uh, but that's a really great run great that's a really great one for running it's a hard thing to say no, I, I agree. I listen to a lot of that sort of music anyway. So I knew a lot of the, the songs on there, but it's it's nice to have them sort of, uh, sort of put together by someone else. So it's always a surprise when you're listening to a playlist yeah, like you've that. You've got to say, it's a mess. As a playlist, it's a mess yeah, completely. It, it, but it brilliantly. <laughs> but I kind of like that on a run because I'm at the stage with my running where I don't feel like for a lot of my runs, I need music to motivate me. It's mm. more to have something interesting to listen to. So by having like a mixed playlist, it's like, oh, what's going to be next? Will it be the Crossroads theme tune? That's <laughs> a banger. Wham. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, so while I'm wearing my Bernie from Crossroads hat and listening to the Running His BS playlist. <laughs> so we've had some listener feedback on the playlist as well. Pete Older at Skeptic Pete says, that, and he's the, uh, the tempo spreadsheet guy. Oh, Pete. God, we've been waiting for your review, Pete. Um, <laughs> just back from a run, listening to the Running Is BS Spotify playlist, had to skip many of the tracks, not up to his standards, but a few now have been added to my regular running playlist. Two tracks in particular worked very well for me. Brilliant and title holder with BPMs of 174 and 176, respectively. I hope you're getting this so, down, everyone. Write this down. Oh, yeah. Get this on your yeah. spreadsheets, guys. <laughs> Get Excel up. Um... Some others were runnable too, but those two helped me push on at a reasonable pace. So which ones were you skipping, Pete? Which ones were shit? People need to know. I'd love to see your Strava for that, because he probably got like a kilometre PB and then just had to stand still for five minutes and then <laughs> running at a medium pace and then walking and then sprinting again. He would have been all over the place listening to that. Yeah. <laughs> and responding to the men running with boobs story last week, uh, Gordy Thelwell commented on Facebook that in the interest of science which is always a worrying start to a sentence, that he nominates Amy to run with, quote, a full set of alfresco testicles. How about it, Amy? First off, when I read this, I thought, surely your testicles aren't meant to be alfresco? Yeah, I don't think they should be alfresco. I think he just wanted to say alfresco testicles, which is a nice phrase. Yeah. But if they are alfresco, then you need to be on a list or something Gordy that's not that's not right so yeah I'd be willing to do an experiment not al fresco they need to be in something like in some underwear like as I imagine most men are running with them not just mostly yes yeah Yeah. mostly (laughs) um so if we get you some fake balls yeah and then I will be able to tell you what it's like as a man to run with testicles. That'll be really handy, actually. Yeah, that'll be really useful. You won't if you know could let me until know. I yeah, you won't know until I let you know. So don't worry, Gordy. Help is on the way. I will let you know what that's like. And then you can, you know, that it will completely alter your worldview on this matter. Yeah, I can't say I've ever had a massive issue with them, apart from you do get a little bit of a chafing on the inside thigh. That's more of the issue that you get. Nice. Mm. <laughs> Christopher, i.e. Nature's Music Hartley, commented, just listen to the show and quality as usual. I'd quite happily have a conversation, but as I'm running on my own, it would look rather strange. I do have the benefit of living in the countryside. So you could have nature's conversation. Conversation with nature. That'd be lovely. I like it why you said quality as usual. Not good quality as usual, just the quality was the usual. I'll take that. He means quality, like, oh, that was quality, mate. Is he? Let's assume so. Um, Oh, look, the Earl of Tewksbury is back. Uh, He said, so glad to hear you guys still going. Yeah, we're (laughs) shocked as anyone. Uh, He said, had a dodgy bit of the old plantar fasciitis and not been running for a few months. Cycling is definitely more bullshit. Felt like cheating to listen to a running podcast while cycling. Got out for a three-mile run today and hope my foot won't wither and die overnight. Hopefully back in it now and have a whole host of back issues to keep me going. Hooray. Keep up the fab work and just be mindful, if you do a shout out, it'll probably be 2025 by the time I hear it. And after the second term of Trump and the brave new world of post-Brexit Britain, I will probably be running from the zombies. Stay classy. Oh, don't bring politics into it. <laughs> a terrifying dystopian vision of the future there from the Earl of Tewkesbury. Thank you so much. Yeah, we'll be well into the third term of Trump then. Don't worry, everything will be fine. So our next marathon mini interview is friend of the podcast and we have to mention her every single episode or else she will come over to my house and beat me, uh, Liz Reese, And she's the one that, well, 
she, you know, she maybe talked me into it. I probably talked myself into doing the marathon uh, just for shiggles. So, yeah, here's Liz. So, Liz, you completed your second marathon, the virtual London marathon, but it's not a proper marathon, though, is it? It's not a proper marathon, Stuart, and I'm not telling anyone it is a proper marathon. Didn't you get a bit annoyed about that recently? Yeah, I did, because I stupidly looked at Twitter, and um, most people were just saying how brilliant it was, but there were a few. Oh, you know, if, if you do more than five hours, it's not a marathon, it's, people shouldn't be calling it a PB, you know, it's not a real race. I know it's not a real race, but they've done their best in a, in a pretty shit situation, really, so... Um, I think just think it was a nice event. I saw lots of people doing it. Um, I did it in two halves. I walked the whole thing. I had a bath halfway through, which is the best thing for a marathon. Nice. I think all marathons should do that in the future. There See, I really liked it. A, ba- a bath checkpoint halfway through. I had a bath. I had porridge and Lucasade in the bath, which basically Ooh. I'm going to do for every race now, even like a 5k, I think. Yeah, that's, that's it, the dream. I felt like a new woman after that, so yeah. So how was it? How Do you train up to it? Nope. No, cool. <laughs> Of course not. Why no, would you? No, I didn't train. I didn't train. Um, so the plan was, yeah, just to walk all of it. Um, I was going to do it with Ruth, mm-hmm. um, but she lives in another county because of local lockdown. We've been divided. So, yeah, so she had to do it on her own. So she did really, really well. So you talked Amy into it instead? I talked Amy into it. She was amazing. So she got up at ridiculous o'clock. We left Cardiff Bay at 6.30 in the morning. And the weather was just apocalyptic. It was horrific. Yeah, I remember she um, put a story on Instagram and we couldn't hear anything that she said no, because it was so when bad. she left the flat. She was walking over to mine and, yeah, I mean, it was just it was dark windy pouring down with rain it was horrendous basically so yeah how was the support from people out when you were doing it it was brilliant it was brilliant there were loads of people around cardiff doing it some people on their own some people had sort of quite big entourages some people were walking running there was just really nice sort of camaraderie i think is the word it was it was lovely actually yeah it's a bit of a show i didn't really get out on that day so i didn't really see many people doing it which i would have quite enjoyed but yeah Never mind. I was going to say maybe next time, but obviously it won't happen. Hopefully well, it won't well, happen next time. Well, I really hope they do it in addition to when things are back to normal. I think that they should do it as part of the just London Marathon mm. experience anyway, because it's a really nice inclusive event. You know, you don't have to. Well, you don't have to train, but you don't. You don't have to run it. I'm not telling anyone I've done another marathon. I've run a mm. marathon because I haven't. Um, but it was just a really nice thing to do, and also the the t-shirt and medal. I haven't had mine yet, but it is. They're both really, really nice. So. The thing is, you have covered a marathon distance. Oh, yeah. I guess there's there's potentially an argument of whether you've done a marathon, but you've still covered a marathon distance, which is hard. Exactly, it was hard, um, and you know I've still got you know a toenail that's going to fall off and and scars from my sports bra. Excellent. So yeah, um, so it was really hard. I'm not saying it wasn't hard, but I'm not telling people that I've done another marathon as such because I haven't, and I do appreciate that. Okay. Uh, you were still planning to do one at some point there? We're doing London next year. You're still up for that next year? Yeah, 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 definitely, for... definitely. Yeah. Excellent. Me and Ruth are doing that, so proper, proper, yeah. I can't do any worse than last time, Stu, can I? <laughs> well! <laughs> I'm planning to take an hour and a half off my PB, so... <laughs> That's a nice save, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Do we yeah. ever take 90 minutes yeah. off a PB? Yeah, yeah. If, I, if I'm slower than I was last time, that, well, I'm just never running again, ever. But you're going to train for it this time? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Probably. Well, I trained for it last time, but not, not the virtual one. Just so, like this one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, have you got anything coming up then, or is it just everything cancelled and virtual for you? Um, everything's cancelled, so I'm just going to do an Amy Genders and work on building up my mileage. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, and we know what that means, really. Yeah, we know what that means, not really. So, yeah. But um, hopefully when, when races are starting to um, get back in the calendar, then I'll, I'll book a few, definitely. Lovely. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Stuart. Bye. And thank you to Liz once again. Our Patreon is now easier than ever. We're just after two quid a month instead of all the various tiers just to make it easier. And if you do, you'll get your name sung beautifully by us on each episode. And isn't that worth the money alone? Uh, Thank you to these people.
Clark Gilmore, Steph Hall, Rob Smith, Carl Fleming, Amanda Murray, Hine, Hugh Phillips, Julia Page, Gordy Thelwell, Chris Whitmore, Anthony Harwich, Gurm, Tim Hughes, Ben Martin, Jonathan Carter, Simon Ross, Kirk Shepard, Lisa Gibbon, Sam Lee, Matt Lees, McCona, Matt Huggard, Biz Brian Sims and Jay, Nicky Jenders. There we go. That music theatre degree and years of performing really paid off there. It's beautiful. I, I'm a bit disappointed though that, unlike me, you didn't create your own sort of backing. Well, that, that can be you know that can be our different styles. I'll I'll sing along karaoke style, and you can just create you know electro weird things. Yeah, I'm I'm just creative, you know. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> I'm you. just I'm just a creative. That's why I've got a Mac. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, that's why. Yes, yeah, because I've got a PC, so I'm square and boring. And I, to be yeah. fair, I do like spreadsheets. <laughs> what writing down all the different BPMs of songs on? What was the BPM of that? How fast would we be running to oh, that? Oh, no. Oh, poor old Pete. He'll, I'm not sure if he'll have to have sprinted on off listening to that. How does he cope with listening to this on a run? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what the BPM of our voices is. Can can voices have a BPM? Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about blisters for a little bit, basically because I've had one. And just so it's just I, I, something I need to complain about. Um I bought some new shoes for walking because my old ones were kind of falling apart a bit. And they were reduced to 25 quid. So I thought, yeah, what can go wrong? Uh, But did like three or four walks in them, no problem at all. And then had a load of heel pain when I was walking William through the woods. And I had to hobble home then and kind of took my, peeled my sock off to find a lovely red hole in my heel. And it's just been a bitch for two weeks. And I've just complained so much about it. I mean, I'm again, as we've discussed, I am a faffer anyway. When going out, I've had to do so many things. Now, every time I go out, I have to put like a blister plaster on. I have to cover it in tape. I have to put on two pairs of socks. I have to find which pair of shoes uh, I can wear comfortably with different types of insoles. And it's just been such a fucking pain. And the new shoes I've bought, I just haven't been able to wear them because they rub obviously in exactly that place. So I have to wait till the blister goes and try them again. So I've had to wear the old shoes, which are falling apart, which are actually still more comfortable. And like sometimes my running shoes hurt, sometimes they don't. And it's just, I think it's just a horrible, horrible place to have a fucking blister. Uh, we also asked on Twitter where the worst place to get a blister is. And the results were surprisingly close. Mm. So toe came in at 24%. Heel, 28%. Joint with heel, sole, 28%. Ball, 20% of your foot, I'm assuming. Yeah, not just, yeah, I said foot. That's why I, I specifically on the tweet said, which is the worst part of your foot. Okay. <laughs> which I knew people would react to because you're all children. You see the word ball, you're like, <laughs> When I did the marathon, I'd, like I've said on this podcast many times before, that, well, not said, bragged about, I don't get blisters, but I do chafe. And like the top of my toes were chafed at the end of the marathon That's which weird. is bizarre yeah i have um i still have them actually just two cuts along the top of my toes so not a blister at all like two little cuts where i think um my toes had like chafed on my sock so wow. it's rubbed on my sock but it hasn't caused a blister Interesting. but liz had a 
an insane blister. Not that I saw it. She might. I don't know if she'll send us a picture. Oh, she will. nicely. Yeah. Um, but I know it was causing her a lot of pain. And she had about, oh, I think she had about five miles to go. And she had this awful blister. So I think that was pretty, like, I get it. I get that blisters are shit and all runners complain about them. I just don't seem to get them. <laughs> yeah. Well, as why I said, I asked kind of which place is the worst place to get them. Because I think kind of on your toes and perhaps even... Depending on where it is on your sole, you can kind of change your foot a little bit and you can walk on the outside of your foot or more on your toes if you need to and you can kind of avoid it. On your heel, you just can't avoid it. I went yeah, out for a couple yeah. of runs, you know, I put a blister plaster on, I taped it up and within like 20 minutes, the tape and the plaster just come off because the action of your shoe, especially I was running kind of hills as well, and it just rubs off slowly and kind of pushes it down. So I had to stop and patch it up. And by the time I got home, it was just all open again anyway and rubbing against the sock. So I've had to double sock as well. Yeah, I know it came out equal with sole, really close to the others actually. So apparently all blisters are bullshit. But I think heel is definitely the worst place to have it because you just can't avoid it. Did you see the lovely video of... Ruth Roberts blisters. Yes, I saw. The I, twins. Don't, I don't want to. See, I don't want to see these things. The twins. I don't want to see these things, but I do click on them anyway. So you know, you can't look away. <laughs> uh, she tweeted this to us. A wonderful video of like her, her heels together, and the inside of both heels. I've got these huge red blood blisters on there. Just these perfect matching blisters. They are horrendous. And she's just like lovingly caressing them on this video. I'm just watching it now. And she's just kind of just poking them and moving the blood around. Oh, that it's is, quite satisfying seeing the blood moving around. That's quite nasty. Oh, yeah, it, <laughs> It's good that it's on someone else and not me. Yeah, I, I did find on Sunday with the, the marathon, it was a lot of chafing was involved. Like yeah. I was saying about my toes chafing. In general, there was a lot of chafing because it was so wet. You yeah. know? Uh, Liz did suggest actually that we do another poll on the worst place to get chafing, and that's probably a good idea. We should, we should get some numbers and some science behind this. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we put out on Twitter, obviously, as well, talk about blisters. And um, Perry Goval said, The first time I wore orthotics, I got a blister under my foot. Couldn't walk for about a week, which is amazing for orthotics. It's not, <laughs> it helped all the rest of you apart from your actual feet. Uh, Chris Whitmore said, frequently get them under the middle toenail on both feet. No choice but to pop them as the agony. And a few people have mentioned this, getting blisters under their toenails. I don't understand that. And I don't, because I've never had toenails fall off either. And Liz was telling me, again, I'm sorry, Liz, if you don't want all this information revealing about your feet. But Liz was saying that um, one of her toenails is really bruised. So she was saying, you know, I've never had it before, but I think one of my toenails is going to fall off. And there's that whole, you know, a lot of runners talk about toenails falling off. I've never had that either. So I don't know whether it's the sort of shoes I run in or maybe it's my, uh, my yeah, I don't know I don't know but I've never had that either but I can't imagine getting a blister under your I'm not sure if that's toenail. a blister or if that's just a bruised toe and yeah. it's just kind of bleeding yeah. a bit I have seen videos of people actually who um they get the end of a paper clip heat it up to, no. it's really hot and then poke it through the nail to no. let the blood out no just no <laughs> I, I've seen yeah I have seen ultra runners do that when they need to continue a race because ultra runners yeah. they'll just pop that blister and they carry don't on shit, won't yeah. they they will just pop it with a dirty needle in the middle of the woods somewhere. Hepatitis? Yeah, no whatever. big deal. <laughs> yeah, that's nasty. I've never, I've never quite gone that far. I'm kind of, I'm almost tempted if I ever had one because I think it'd be interesting. <laughs> Obviously, oh, I'd have to video it as well. If if I had a blister, I think I would be a person to pop it. I I 
I'd boil the needle in a sense that I wanted to like disinfect it or whatever, or I disinfect it in my own pee, like proper like Bear grills style, and yeah. I'd pop it out in the woods, you know, just get it done with. People would be like, what's that woman in the woods pissing on her ankle and setting fire to her toenails? Yeah. Oh, yeah. don't worry about her. She's an ultra runner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what I mean. I'm the crazy one. Yeah. I'm that crazy person down the trails people are worried about. <laughs> and uh, Max Carnage also came back and similar to what we said before, he said blisters are seldom an issue for me. Groin chafing, though, recently that's been a total ball ache, which I assume is an intentional bun. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Uh, over to Twitter, and we've got a tweet from my my dear mother, at Nikki Jen. <laughs> that sounded really strange, like Norman Bates when I said that. My dear mother. My dear mother, uh, at Nikki Jen. And she said, on the road in France, listening to at running is BS and eating a baguette. Ah, wee oui, wee. Oui. Ah, super spreader Nikki's are travelling around France, is she? <laughs> super spreader Nikki. She's... um. She's recently retired, so she's gone so off travelling. She doesn't give a shit anymore, is no, what the answer no, is. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, so she's gone off travelling in a... Um, it's ironic, really, because she's gone off travelling in a uh, in a van. They're living out of a van that's been converted and stuff. Um, so they're very, very much self-contained. Yeah, I see people flying over to Spain and stuff. Flying over, because they went over on the tunnel and stuff like yeah. that. But they're over in Spain, they're getting on the flights, they're going to the hotels and all that, and... Yeah, I think it's a different kettle of fish. They're, they're pretty much isolating at the moment. So You can tell yeah. your mum's being fancy, though, because the way she words tweets, actually, eating baguette. Now, not a baguette or some baguette, just eating baguette. That means <laughs> she's baguette. being fancy. Oh, I'm just eating yeah. baguette. <laughs> we were just you can also tell in Europe, baguette. people do that, when they just use euro as a singular. How much is that? Yeah. Oh, 22 euro. Not euros. <laughs> there's there's something about just using it as singular makes you feel like you've been a bit fancy for some reason. Yeah, I uh, which is fancy in itself. But I spent two weeks in Milan uh, while I was a post postgrad student in university, and I did get in the habit of saying things like Euro and Milano and stuff like that. And I came back. I'm like, Amy, stop being a twat now. <laughs> Go over yourself. You're from Leicester. You're not. You're not continental. <laughs> Um, as it's the 50th episode, we did briefly ask people on the socials for people's favourite bits, and we had a couple of replies. Uh, long-term correspondent Max Carnage chipped in with the Amy Pigeon rescue story, which is, of course, a classic. And he says it's a nice counterpoint to Shoulder Checker Bitch, which was the first soundbite he listened to that got him interested. And uh, Rachel Bentley also enjoyed your catchphrase, and that is something that comes up quite a lot on Twitter, to be fair. Yeah. There's two different sides to my personality. One is just like a cold, hard bitch. The other one is just animal rescuer and friend of the animals in general. <laughs> That's on my CV. Um, at Sharni Little Ears says, the two episodes with Tom Fairbrother were great, particularly when he opens up about his eating disorder and how he worked through all that. And of course, the introduction of the legend of Pin Skimmer. Yeah, absolutely. Those uh, episodes with Tom were kind of fascinating because it was just one of those, uh, we just took a punt you know, we heard the story about him uh, being disqualified from Race to the Stones and thought, well, you know, we might as well drop him a tweet. And then kind of just found out everything else about him. And, he, you know, the, the first, I think the first question I asked, he talked for something like tw 11, 12 minutes to get the whole story out. So it was great. We could just sit back and enjoy that. And then, you know, the whole thing about eating disorder as well. So we split that into two episodes. Um, any other highlights for you, Amy, and the guests uh, that stood out or anything? Pinskin Man as a guest. I mean... Yeah. He went above and beyond what I was expecting. Like I thought when you got in contact with him, I thought he was going to think it was really weird and he or he was going to be offended that we thought it was weird. But he was just like 
He was a sound guy, wasn't he? He was a good guy, yeah, yeah. And the fact that he, he had got Pinskin Man on Instagram. I've just checked, oh. actually. He's not updated it uh, still. So perhaps It's an amazing it. Instagram, though. Like, go look at his Instagram. Like. I mean, yeah, there's only seven posts, but they're all fantastic. Yeah, like, that was fantastic. The whole lead up to that, tracking him down, and then the interview itself, it was everything we wanted and more. Yeah. But yeah, that was definitely a highlight for me. But we've had loads of really, really great guests, really interesting guests. I don't think we've had any shit ones. <laughs> what I really like is like, the amount of times we've like done an interview with someone, you know, finished the call and then been on Messenger and just been like, well, they were lovely. And just like so surprised how nice people are. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just, I suppose, just expect people to be cynical like we are, and everyone's like, "Ah, it's great, I'm yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's lovely. Kind of how people give us so much time. It's obviously been really, oh, really generous. That's really, really yeah. great. And then, you know, so generous with their time and their, their stories. Uh, in particular, you know, obviously Danny Norman, we had back at episode fourteen, uh, opened us up to a, a, a bigger audience as well, and that's been really amazing. And uh, him and Nicola are on with me now have been really supportive of us as well. So that's mm. been lovely. Thank you. We're being nice. It's weird. And uh, Reese Jenkins, I did like as well because we've had him on twice again he's just a ridiculously lovely man oh, and uh, some of the things he's done fantastic. are really stupid as well so that's that's a perfect blend for us reese is so like he gives back a lot to the running community so if you're running any of his races and you're in his like the facebook groups for them he's there answering questions and stuff and he's just he's just fantastic reese yeah yeah oh it's that time oh i've got the new microphone now so I can like. Oh, really we forgot to mention up. this. Yeah, we've actually. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much to the patrons. We've spent a bit of your cash at last. Um, getting Amy a fancy new microphone. I'm going to get just a little <laughs> cheeky screenshot of that. Um, right, let me get my. Let me get my. So this is going to be. Ex- if you've if you've been thinking to yourself, oh my god, Amy sounds fucking brilliant this week. This is why you've got a new fancy microphone and pop filter, and it it looks. I mean, even if it's not great, it looks really good, doesn't it? Yeah, I feel like I'm on the BBC in 1926, you know? Oh, excellent. <laughs> Very specific. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you should now get the musical stylings coming direct from a fancy new microphone. Is the bullshit, is the bullshit running news, the running news? Is the bullshit, is the bullshit running news see i was able to be a bit quieter then i'm hoping i'll be able to get a bit more bjork vibes in yeah, there with yeah, this yeah. microphone now well, it's a bit more you know sensitive so. be picking up yeah a lot more going on in your voice there which yeah. obviously it's a very kind of complex voice as we know you've got so it's uh, <laughs> it's good to listen to <laughs> Um, so first up, uh, cross country may be pretty much all cancelled, but don't worry, that doesn't mean the bullshit has gone away. The East Anglian Cross Country League has gone virtual, as many others have. But even though there are no volunteers, no scheduling issues, no crowded start lines, the men are running 10k and the women are running 5k. Uh, it was also noted, uh, I think Run Equal tweeted this and they discussed it in their Facebook group as well. Um, they noted how many events that have unequal distances are also the ones who refer to women as ladies and that you never see a distance for gentlemen. You never see like, gentlemen will run 10k, ladies will run 5k. It's always, it sounds patronising. It's always it? men and ladies and it's only the unequal events. It's a very interesting one, that. Uh, the kicker for the East Anglian League is in their post about the virtual races, they say... They want to be as inclusive as possible. And then they have the difference between men and women running a virtual event. Like all of the excuses they come up with don't count anymore. And it's still unequal. I'm like, fucking hell. This drives me insane. Like, why? Why is this still happening? I don't. 
and maybe someone can enlighten me. This is a genuine question. Why aren't women? I understand if you're like really elite and there's prize money in it for you, and you're building, you know, you know, some of your income around this. I get why you have to abide by those rules. But for people at a more sort of amateur level that aren't placing particularly high, why aren't you protesting this? I feel like, and this is easy for me to say because I'm not at that level, and I've said this before. But I feel like if I was running cross country, I would protest by running the men's distances regardless. I just keep running, mm. and I'd be, to make a point. I don't understand why there isn't more being done. Like I say, if you're you're elite, then you want to be hitting it from the top down. But why aren't more women protesting this? And there must be a reason. I'm not, you know, I don't know. I'm not involved in that world. But from the outside. It just seems mad. It just seems mad that nothing's happening with yeah, this. The problem is that you can't know how many people aren't going because of that. Like you can't yeah. you can't poll every runner in in the country or in the region to ask them why aren't they going and is it because of this. So there's there's no data on that to know. I you know I know there have been some surveys done, but then surveys are generally are uh, filled in by the people who are already engaged. It's that kind of typical thing of people that aren't engaged don't engage with you to tell you why they aren't engaged because they're not engaged so but even in a virtual event fucking hell it makes me it makes me crazy like if any listeners are involved in you know cross country a lot and are women or men who know women that are involved in cross country just let us know what the perspective is from the inside on this because it blows my mind it makes me want to be fast enough to properly have you know meaningfully take part in this and then just run the men's distances regardless you know at an in-person event you know as far as i know it's just people just kind of don't care and it's just like that's how far they do and they go yeah okay fine we'll just do that and i think that's it and it's just like they just accept it because that's just the way it is and there's no point causing a fuss or i think also because the way it's often framed is well do you want to run further and everyone says no of course i don't want to run further people never want to run further they just do the distance they're given and then they go home and they don't think about it. Right. I, oh, it drives me mad. Every time I see a story about cross country and different lengths of races, I'm like, why is more stuff not being done? I understand like Run Equal and people like that and organisations or groups like that are working on this. And I get that. I totally get that. And I appreciate what they're doing. I understand. I understand that getting changes done from the top takes longer, but I don't understand why the people at the bottom, the people running these things, why... Why they're okay with it. Why yeah. they aren't more vocal. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, that's, like I said, if any listeners are involved in anything like this, I'd be really be interested to hear their perspectives on this because I, I, it baffles me. And speaking of being baffled... So by now, many of us will have seen the post from pure Jim Luton and Dunstable who in celebration of Black History Month posted a workout named 12 Years a Slave because quote slavery was hard and so is this oh oh, oh my goodness oh it makes oh, me so uncomfortable goodness. every time I look at it it was both of us just got <laughs> yeah. face in our hands <laughs> so obviously pure Jim HQ was straight onto this to remove the post um, and unreservedly apologised and the employee who posted it um, has also apologised on his Instagram he said where the post came from was not a place of malice it was me as an individual trying to bind my history that I'm part of as a person of colour with my passion which is fitness and you know to some extent I get it in a way because when you're part of a minority group you feel like you can own that history and maybe use it in certain ways. But 
when it's a when you're speaking on behalf of a public organization that's a whole different thing oh do yeah know, do you know what i mean like that's a whole different thing if he was doing his own private thing and calling it this workout or whatever then he he can own that history he can you know but when it's a public thing it's like oh jesus christ <laughs> yeah i think as some people point out i think like last year apparently he did this same workout because it's like 12 different workouts and mm. uh, i think he did it before but i don't think he used the title before but it's just using that title and referring to 12 years a slave and just slavery was hard and so is this. Oh, yeah. I, he has obviously apologized and he's backed right down from it. And I guess Pure Jim have, take, have changed his password for that account. I don't think he'll be, uh, he'll be on Instagram from that account anymore. Oh, oh. But the, I, of course, there were people jumping on the Pure Gym page and saying how what a racist company they were and going on and on and on about it. So I think it's one of these things. Look, once they've apologized, this is obviously an individual's mistake. They have apologized and withdrawn it and not endorsed it in any way. People need to back think, off then. People need to just think, calm it. Yeah, I don't think the intention was racism either. I think he just no. didn't think. And like, yeah. you know, as he's part of that community, as he's a person of color... Then, like I said, he probably thinks, oh, well, I'm, I'm working from within that context. Mm. I can sort of own that history and, and use it like this. But yeah, <laughs> so I don't think it was coming from a place of malice or racism at all. But when you put it on a public forum like that, yeah, it comes across as pretty racist. Oh, it's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is a, another story doing the rounds of a man in Utah who came up close with a cougar defending her cubs and endured a six minute face off before he was able to throw a stone and scare her off. This is a scary video. It's kind of shortened down on the BBC of this guy um this just face to face with this cougar and it just and it's just always walking towards him very slowly and he's backing off and then occasionally it just lunges at him really quickly and yeah he literally thought he said when it got within four feet of him he thought this is it this is how i'm gonna die and he's really scary and because but and of course because it's about a cougar everyone's doing the same cougar jokes yes i've encountered many cougars on my runs chasing me ha 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 well done ha <laughs> ha um, I did I, like as well uh, someone asked whether Amy would have a similar story about that and I said if she did it would be the cougar giving their terrifying story instead yeah. <laughs> true true I, I, I came across like this it. mad woman setting fire to her feet and pissing on herself in the woods and I just left that alone <laughs> oh I feel like if I was in America or, you know, like North America, I feel like I would have a story like that. That's something that would happen to me. I have seen the video. I saw it on the full video. I think it was posted on Reddit and it is terrifying. And it was only when he threw the stone that um, it, it scared the cougar off. But and well, look, eventually the... when he did throw the stone, that cougar fucked off quick. Yeah. But so many people were saying, why don't you just throw the stone in the first place? It's like he was face to face with a fucking cougar. Yeah. Like, I would be thinking in my head, would I anger it more if I throw a stone? Will it come well, just to also, me? Like, yeah. it, when you bend down and have to pick something up, that's a chance for it yeah. to attack you even more because you might take your exactly. eyes off it. You know, you're making yourself smaller and more vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, how the hell do you know how you'd react in that situation? Exactly. Like when I'm seeing all this stuff about concealed carry and stuff in America <laughs> with carrying guns, to be fair, if I was running somewhere with wild animals like that, I'd probably take some training in how to use a gun and I'd take you know one with me just yeah. to, I was about to say, fire you... a warning shot. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, you'd definitely be carrying a gun if you're in America anyway. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> with your luck, definitely. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> be like one cougar a week i'd have them all like on my wall <laughs> <laughs> and we also have a virtual london marathon story that i'm really struggling to get my head around 
So Jodie Hopcroft had run four London marathons before and set out to run her virtual race. Unfortunately, she was entirely dependent on her London marathon app, which was intermittent at best. Uh, Determined to continue until the app registered 26.2 miles, she estimated she finally ran around 49 miles over 15 hours. What? Like, why did she not have, if she's, well, I'm not judging anyone, but did she not have like a running watch? I don't understand why she was just relying on her. I guess she just had the app. And the thing is, she said it was in North Norfolk and she said, oh, the signal's bad there. But like, it's GPS. Your phone always has GPS. If you can see the sky, you have GPS connection on your phone. I think probably what she'd done, she'd turned the GPS off. And so every time she pulled her phone out, it was maybe using Wi-Fi or other signal to connect to something locally, which is why it was so intermittent. I think she said in the first half mile, she ran up the drive from the campsite to the road and it didn't track that at all. But that didn't tip her off that anything was wrong. And so she just carried on. And so I guess every time perhaps she ran past some Wi-Fi, it managed to just about find a location. But she ran for 15 hours. Okay, I have, I have like several questions here. So... Just doesn't add up. So firstly, she's run four London marathons before, which suggests that she's like a keen runner at least. She knows what she's doing, yeah. So why didn't she have a watch on for first off? Okay, and saying she doesn't have a watch on, surely you know how a marathon feels. Do you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know more or less when you've run a marathon or how long it should take you to run a marathon. Yeah. And also, like, if you're running, it'd be hard to run a marathon in 15 hours. Do you know what I mean? Like, you'd be oh, yeah. walking very slowly. To I think she knew she was hours. going further and she knew the app wasn't working, but she was so determined to see 26.2 that she just carried. I think, because, I don't know, perhaps do you have to get that yeah, distance you- on the app to get um, your medal or whatever? Well, or? you can, if your app stops working or whatever, you can send in your watch data or whatever. You could, if Why wouldn't you start over it? Why didn't you yeah. start over this? That's what I don't understand. Like, I used my watch as well, just so... Well, I would have used it anyway, but it's good to have a backup in case the app does fail. Because you can just send your proof then to the London Marathon and they'll send you the stuff through. So well, also, really she was on Stra- it wasn't on Strava, so she didn't run. No, exactly. What's the point? So, yeah, this is just an odd story of, like, someone who didn't turn the GPS on and then wondered why their <laughs> GPS didn't work. Oh, I feel it's like it's it's got to be like a viral marketing campaign. Does she is she selling something? Was she wearing a certain brand of shoes? As far as I or? know, no, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, God. oh um, well, Amy, the ultra runners are at it again, which means I can play our new ultra runner theme tune. Yay! The ultra runners are on the loose. Ultra runners, the running laps around your house. Ultra runners, the ultra runners are everywhere. They run for days and days and days and they don't care. That is a banging tune and that is as good as I am at the ukulele. After 15 years, it took me most of the morning to record that and it's still not very good. Um... No, no, like as well, like the the ultra runners will stop now, stop setting stupid records and we'll never play it again. Damien Hall has set a new record on the South Wales Traverse, which is across the Brecon Beacons. He covered 72 miles in 14 hours and 13 minutes. The 18,000 foot elevation route includes the four sections of the Brecon Beacons, which are amazingly named. I want to know what happened to the committee meeting that named the four sections of the Brecon Beacons. They are the Black Mountain, Forest Vower, the Brecon Beacons, and the Black Mountains. So there's... On the west side, the Black Mountain, and on the east, the Black Mountains, mm. and the Brecon Beacons is also a section of the Brecon Beacons. 
I always get confused whenever I want to go to the Broken Beacons because I'm like, I want to go to the Black Mountains. I think, I think that's the or, really, really nice or the area. Black Mountain. Or is it the Black Mountain? Like, <laughs> and then Forest Vale just means big forest, and there's yeah. a lot of those around in Wales as well. So I just want to know, like, what kind of boozy lunch it was where they were naming these. Like, right, right, guys. I think we've got the names now. Here they are. Like, will that work? Yeah, that'll work. That'll be fine. There's an S. It's different. And finally, we get to Sam Wright, who was super excited for her first marathon, not long after completing her Couch to 5K, but instead was confined to Ronda Canantaf for a virtual marathon. Congratulations to Sam Wright. You've just completed your first ever marathon. How did it go? <laughs> Damp. Damp. <laughs> yeah, um... Trying to think of the right words to say, but anticlimactic. Yeah, <laughs> uh, probably. But I mean, it's still good. Yeah, I think with everything that happened this year, it was one of those things that I really wanted to do. And then when it got cancelled, kind of glad. But then I still wanted to do something. So I'm glad I managed it somehow. It's still impressive. The amount of people that did it virtually is really, really impressive. Yeah. And it's fair to say you were looking forward to it because your Instagram uh, account is even Sammy First Marathon April 2020. <laughs> Which kind yeah. of lays it out, you were quite looking forward to that. And I'm never going to change that because, Good. like, there's no point. <laughs> it's never going to happen, so I may as well keep it as that now. <laughs> so when people say, oh, your first marathon was April 2020, you're like, well, no. Nah. <laughs> Technically not. Yeah. So doing it virtually, I think you had a lot of support up there as well, didn't you? I think, I, I think everyone said that. I, I'm an awful person and I managed to rope quite a lot of people into doing it. Excellent. Um, only problem is they're all in different counties, so they have oh. to do it on their own. <laughs> and now I feel awful. <laughs> um, so I know not everybody managed to do it because some people went well. Um, but I know Liz and Ruth, they both managed, they still did it, but we were all going to do it together. Um, but my poor friend, Dalith, um, uh, she wasn't going to do it. Then I was like, oh, we'll turn it into a nice thing. We'll go for a long walk to Cardiff. And we'll go around the bay and we'll do some running in between. We'll play by it. And then we ended up to go to Cardiff. Um, weren't really allowed to do anything on the route. So, yeah, she still did it with me. And I'm really amazed and impressed that she managed to do that because she wasn't planning on it. And, <laughs> and um, there was a lot more walking, but I think because we hadn't trained because of lockdown, it, it was just so that we weren't going to make ourselves ill. We were very sensible. Um, but yeah, I was very impressed with her, which is good. I guess you have to treat it more of a, like that ultra mentality of it's a nice day out. It's not a race at all. <laughs> well, yeah, um, although it wasn't a nice day out. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Um, first two hours is pouring down. Our clothes were drenched. Um, they were literally, <laughs> I think it was the day before that my um, wheelie bin had disappeared and I couldn't find it. And then we were actually en route. I actually passed my bin and I was like, do I take it back or do I leave it here? And I went back for it when I went home, but <laughs> yeah, it was bad weather. <laughs> so you got something out of it as well. That's great. So what were you eating during the run? That's a really important thing. Yeah. Um, so peanuts, um, we had like tracker bar type things, mm -hmm. bananas. We, we were really excited because we were going to stop for coffee en route and just have coffee to go. Yeah. And it was like a mirage. We could see a coffee sign in the distance. As we got closer and closer, we realised it was a Sunday that everything's blinking closed. And oh. So yeah, there was no coffee, which probably was a good thing. But yeah, we were, we didn't eat properly. We just had snacks and things. So There's nothing good. wrong with that at all. <laughs> yeah. What was your main uh, go-to recovery food afterwards? Oh, it was really good food. Um, 
like literally my my bubble was sending me photos of the food that he was making and it was homemade lasagna mm. oh. um a box of red wine and <laughs> homemade tiramisu and it was proper like when i got home it was just like really thick creamy like full of coffee full of sugar and yeah we watched there was a band that were doing a live gig on facebook live as well so mm -hmm. we just sat and watched that and he was like this is what i've been planning all day so it was just lovely nice and rich stodgy food to finish you off <laughs> yeah um so finally are you in the ballot for next year yeah <laughs> i'm still in there from this year to oh, be of fair course. There we go. <laughs> um, you're still but... planning to run next year if possible I'm definitely, because what I've learned is whether you walk it or whether you run it, it still hurts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you may as well make it easier on yourself. Train, because you're going to get blisters and be sore anyway. <laughs> so yeah. you may as well make it easier. And hopefully have a crowd behind you next time. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be really good. <laughs> cool. That's amazing. Well, thank you very much for joining us for a very quick chat and uh, congratulations once again. Cool. <laughs> And our next episode, inspired by Mark Remy and Dumb Runner last year, we want you to write some spooky running stories. Um, I should add here, I really hate Halloween, but this is a kind of a, a thing to latch onto and it kind of gives us something for the next episode. So that's why we're going with it. Spooky running stories at no more than 100 words. So we want some short stories. If you can get exactly 100 words, that is bonus points. Uh, the very best will win a running is BS buff and we'll read that and our other favourites on the next episode. Please send them in. Uh, if you can email us at runningisball at gmail.com or any of our other socials, uh, just let us know. Uh, make up some kind of running story. Make it terrifying as possible and send it to us and win yourself a buff. That's a perfect stocking filler. We'll get a Christmas link in there as well. And it can be a true story if something really spooky happened to you on a run. Yeah. It can be, a, yeah, you didn't have to be made up if you saw a, a ghost. <laughs> spooky sure. boy on the run <laughs> let boy. us know <laughs> that's the other thing i don't like about halloween like just the word spooky is just fucking everywhere and i don't know what it means anymore it just kind of means something that's a little bit it, it can just mean anything in any context and if you just put it before anything that makes it halloweeny yeah i, I do miss the you know the, the halloween runs where people dress up just because i like dressing up um oh, see i don't i'm too lazy and too so cheap. i miss that this year but other than that i'm really not fussed about halloween no uh, anything coming up for you in the next few weeks? Not really. No. Um, I have been a bit more consistent with my running in the gym, so I'm just going to try and keep it consistent. I am knackered after the gym, though. I've been going like two, three times a week, and I've been running like four times a week. That's good. I know. I'm like an athlete. <laughs> You're, you are got, very similar. I've got a proper training routine, so I'm just trying to keep that up. But at the moment, I feel like I'm... Uh, I was about to say, not, not a proper but... training plan. No, 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 just no, a routine. No. I just, just go to the gym. I just go, I just go out my front door and think, oh, how far am I going to run today? And that's about it. Um, I am going to try and get Pip on another run with me um, after the fall. I have taken on one run since the fall and she was a little shit the whole way. Um, but I am going to try and get back on it because she enjoys it. Me, not so much because she's a pain in the ass. But yeah, um, yeah I, I want her to be my little running dog, you know, just trots yeah. along by my side, not pulling me all the time and making me fall over. <laughs> I like when you say the fall in my head, I see it with a capital T and a capital F. Yeah. The Fall, like that, um, was it that noir series, TV series, The Fall? I could see <laughs> you in there, I could see you in noir, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd be the detective that, you know, finds the murderer. Like, oh no, what's happened? We're in Norway. Somebody's oh, been murdered. It's a, a corgi has ripped the throat out of a beagle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what's happening in my living room right at this moment. Just all the time. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if you've enjoyed this bullshit and talk about teas and dogs, uh, please visit runningisbs.com. You can see the show notes and the links from this episode and the whole back catalogue, as well as links to our Patreon, our merch store, and our social medias. Yay. You won't hear that because there's a pop filter on. Go home, sit at home and have a biscuit.